0: Shh! don't tell anyone I'm doing this podcast, I'm doing it in secret I'm actually in a little hiding spot right now I'm hiding from my child, is that bad? Okay, hey, it's Sean, welcome to Babe Oh, for the love, I am, I'm hiding in a secret room Behind two closed doors Hiding from a two-and-a-half-year-old who craves attention Is, uh, yeah I've, I've never done a podcast with other people home before. So it's kind of weird. Um, but I didn't want to let this special day go by. It's the day before my birthday. Hey, happy birthday, me. I love my birthday. Oh, God, I love it so much. I'm so happy I was born, first of all. Thanks, Mom. And I love attention. I'm not gonna lie. I love it. I'm an attention whore. Uh, some people are like, You love attention, and I'm like, no, I really don't. But you know what? I'm going to be 47 tomorrow. It's time to admit some things. It's time to admit that I crave attention like a whore. So I'm an attention whore. So I'm actually in uh, our bedroom, our lair, uh, hiding from uh, my kid. And uh, part of my gift from Eric is entertaining Jackson while I sneak in a podcast because it's been... I don't know. I don't know how frequently I'm going to be able to, to do this now that I'm back uh, in the circuit. Like, I'm going back to work Tuesday. I, and frankly, <laughs> I'm devastated. I loved my free time. I had so many things I intended to do that I didn't complete in the month that I was off. And, uh, yeah, I had the best time. I know that sounds awful because I was recovering from spinal surgery. But um, other than, you know, having this thing clamped around my neck, Um, it was great. It was great. I did a lot of fun stuff and it's coming to an end. Tomorrow's the last day, but it's my birthday. So every year on my birthday, I, I love to start anew. are any of you like that where you're like, Oh my God. Okay. First of the year I'm going to start. I'm going to really start being kinder to people or it's my birthday. So I'm giving up sugar for a year. Look at me. And, uh, I love a clean start. Even a Monday is good. Okay, Monday, I'm starting Weight Watchers again, and I'm really going to pay attention this time. Like, I'm really into it. So, this year, I uh, decided, you know, I've actually been uh, reading some good books. I've, I, I love self-help books. I love them. I have, I want to say, like 50 to 75 Books that are about like changing your fucking life, like making it better, being more attentive, behavioral, cognitive thinking, um, things to eat, things not to eat, ways to get over uh, dark parts of your childhood, ways to celebrate being gay. Uh, And I've read most of them. And uh, actually from my perch here in my secret lair, I can see a bunch of these books staring at me in the face. And some of them are laughing. They're mocking me. You are a badass. I'm looking at that. I never cracked that one open. I know I'm a badass, so don't have to read it. Uh, what else am I seeing? I'm seeing uh, this book. What's this called? The Skinny Rules by Bob Harper. Yeah. Didn't he have a heart attack? So I'm not taking his advice. I just have a lot of self-help books. I've been reading self-help books probably since <laughs> I was like in fifth grade. That's when my, my mother first suspected I needed therapy. And I went to a therapist and uh, ultimately, this is going to sound crazy, um, during this time in fifth grade therapy, and it was uh, Joe Lippa was his name. Are you listening, Dr. Joe? Joe Lippa had a really cool camera and um, told me that he would be happy to photograph my scale model of Epcot. Oh, yes. I made a scale model of Epcot um, in my parents' basement and it had lights. It didn't have running water or anything, but it was a tiny model of Epcot with room for future development. It had Future World and World Showcase and trees and, and, um, you know, the Living Seas, if you're familiar with, uh, or is it called the Seas now? Uh, If you're familiar with Epcot, wasn't built yet. So I left land there for for future development. And uh, he took photos of this with a I guess a macro lens to make it look like everything was really big and close up and I was thrilled with these pictures and then he took one final shot of me holding Epcot that's a sentence you don't hear a lot holding Epcot and uh, I sent all the photos to Disney Imagineering praying to Jesus that Disney would pluck me out of the town of Tonawanda and make me the youngest Imagineer ever to work at Disney it would mean plucking me out of my Catholic school plucking me out of being bullied plucking me out of the the doldrums of Tanawanda um, but guess what I did not become the youngest Imagineer I got a a kind-hearted letter from Disney Imagineering like you poor thing I didn't say you poor thing but that's how I read it. You poor thing. So anyway, my first therapist. Yeah, that's what we did. We fucked around with a camera, taking pictures of a, a tiny spaceship Earth and a tiny horizons with little trees. Did I say lights? Yes. So that's how my childhood was was spent. My 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 early puberty was spent in a basement building scale models, not only of Disney attractions but of the sets of my favorite Norman Lear sitcoms. Yeah. So my my All in the Family set was. Uh, complete, let's just say, from the pictures on the wall to Archie and Edith's chairs to, uh, to to truly, I did a really good job. These things still live at my parents' house. I'm sorry you can't see them. I just want you to imagine a, a, a 12 or 13 year old boy with tube socks up to his thighs, sitting in a basement with uh, tweezers and little toothpicks, making a tiny set of 704 Hauser Street, where where Archie and Edith lived. So anyway, a little glimpse into my adolescence. I love self-help books. (laughs) Back to that. So I actually have been reading a book that I want you... I'm going to... Here's a new thing on Babe. Babe, guess what? I read a book for you so you don't have to read it. Uh, It's called The Four Agreements. Have you ever heard of The Four Agreements? Uh, The Four Agreements is by Don Miguel... Ruiz. I had to to Google that. Sorry. The book is at work, actually, because uh, I have reminders at home about what the four agreements are. In my shower... I have... Have you ever taken a shower and you get your best ideas in the shower? You're like, oh, yes. Or things you have to do and you start trying to memorize the list. I used to get earworms of songs in the shower, which only happened in the shower. Weird shit happens in the shower. But really good ideas. Stuff stuff to do for work, stuff to do at home. Uh, and where does one write these things down? Well, Aqua Notes are sold on Amazon, and I bought some Aqua Notes, And it comes with a pencil and a uh, note paper i guess it's sort of like rubberized note paper and you stick it in your shower that way all the ideas that come flowing out of your brain while you're taking a shower you can just scribble them all down so uh funny enough when i bought the aquanotes and stuck them up on the shower on the tile i never had another idea again (laughs) i didn't write shit On my aqua notes. And I felt awful. Like it just kept glaring at me empty, nothing on the page, like saying, like, you, you, sir, are a disgrace. You don't have one creative idea in your mind. You haven't put pencil to rubberized paper in months. So it's funny, because once there was a conduit for me to write ideas down, I had no fucking ideas anymore. I was no longer creative. My friend Kelly came to visit from San Diego, and she noticed I had this this notepad in the shower. And um, she's she's creative, so she wrote something on there. She wrote, "You better work, bitch." And then, so I looked at that for like a year, a year and a half, just what Kelly wrote on my on my pad, because I didn't have any more ideas. I really ran out. And uh, one day, I d- thought, "I'm going to rip this page off." And, you know, I'm going to I'm going to write something down. <laughs> I lifted the paper and it said underneath wig under a wig, which <laughs> if you watch RuPaul's Drag Race will know that the wig under another wig tear off during the lip sync for your life is like one of the most fucking exciting things you could ever see. Like who expected her to have a wig on underneath her wig? So Kelly made me fucking laugh my ass off in the shower because the wig under a wig a surprise, uh, was underneath what she wrote. So I I kept that there, just wig under a wig for probably another six months. I'm I'm telling you honestly, like my mind became a blank once I got this thing. But then a coworker of mine, Gail, gave me this book, The Four Agreements. And she said, this is really excellent. Like, I know you love self-help books. Um, I have one about like Avoiding like the garbage people who treat you like a, a dumpster for all their garbage, like I ain't your bitch, don't hang your shit on me anymore. That was a good one. I'm not your I'm not a I'm not a dumpster for your garbage. Yeah, I read that one. That was really good. So Gail got me that book, but Gail also got me um, The Four Agreements. So the Four Agreements, it's kind of like the Celestine prophecy. Like it's written sort of in a story kind of as if you were an idiot, which I hate. I hate when, like, the Celestine prophecy, which is, like, everyone's in your life for a reason. You don't meet people by happenstance. Anyone you run into has a message for you from the universe. I, that's all I want to hear. I don't want to hear about a man rode a motorcycle into, you know, I like, I don't need a narrative. So this sort of has a narrative um, about sort of like an, it's like, I don't know if it's an ancient, me- let's let's call it an ancient Mexican set of proverbs or rules to live by. So I'm going to teach these to you, the listener. Babe, this is going to change your life. So four agreements. They all work in tandem, and they're all pretty simple. So the first agreement is to be impeccable with your word. To be impeccable with your word. I know you're writing this down. So that means... A lot of things. It means that uh, the Unitarian Universalists say to use your uh, powers to heal and not to harm. So we can use our words in many, many ways a lot of the time we're super negative. We're like total downers, right? We're super hard on ourselves. We trash ourselves regularly. Um, you know, I'm so stupid. I can't believe how stupid I am. Stupid, stupid, stupid. You're so lazy. Um, oh, I used to, I used to be very cruel to myself in the mirror as a, after I finished my Epcot model, I'd go up to the bathroom and be mean to myself in the mirror for another hour or two. And, uh, so this is being impeccable with your word, using your word to, to be positive, to create good, to uh, boost yourself, which means you don't, you don't gossip. And I was telling my friend <laughs> Mary Beth about this, and she's like, ooh, ugh. like, how no fun is that? And I, I was kind of thinking that too, Like like, half the stuff that I consume as far as media is just people – trashing each other, like The Real Housewives of New York, or RuPaul's Drag Race, or people being judged or criticized on on different competition shows. And, you know, using your word impeccably means you got to hold back a little bit. So I had a little trouble with this one. Well, I had a lot of trouble with this one. Like, one of the movies I watched recently during my convalescence was the women. Uh, I think it's 19, uh, I'm gonna say 1939, uh, Norma Shearer, Joan Crawford, it's all women, it's an all female cast, you never see a man, um, even the set designers and costume designers, the the screenplay was all women, which is pretty revolutionary for the 30s. But they make these women look like just, you know, Harrodin and Shrews, just gossiping all the time. Um, really, really awful. And oh, um, well, there's one scene where this woman is walking through Sydney's, which is a salon, and she looks through a magnifying glass at somebody's wrinkles, and she says... I hate to tell you, dear, but your skin makes the Rocky Mountains look like chiffon velvet. <laughs> like super mean. Everybody's really mean to each other. And there's a cat fight. And these people are just ripping each other's hair out. And then then at the end, everybody betrays Joan Crawford. And she's like, there's a word for you girls not found outside of a kennel. Bitches. And so I kind of eat this stuff up and have been eating it up for years. I've been lapping up gossip. And working in human services, uh, believe me, it's like a... I never I never could believe working with people with developmental disabilities, working in a group home, uh, working in a day treatment that people would be really gossipy. But short of Sydney's, I think group home is is the second most gossip laid in place. So using your word, they the book actually compares gossip, which is harmful to the, the dark arts, black magic. So they they really being impeccable with your word really means a lot. In the four agreements. So I here's how I'm gonna interpret that for you, the listener, because you're not gonna read this. So being impeccable with your word, I feel like as long as you speak the truth and it comes from a place of kindness, and you remember that oftentimes it's not your story to tell, which I've 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 learned that phrase a long time ago. And sometimes people will be like, Have you heard about kinda? And I'll say, you know what? It's really not my story to tell, which makes me kind of a drag. But sometimes it's, it's just not, right? So trying to be positive, having positive self-talk uh, has really helped me uh, with my, my back uh, and uh, my neck problems that I've been having. So being impeccable with your word, pausing before you spit out some sort of, um, I'm a Gemini, remember my birthday's tomorrow, and uh, I really can use my tongue sharply and I can use it to, to harm. I hate, to, I hate to reveal that about myself, but sometimes uh, things come to mind, and they fly out of my mouth, and I'm sharp-tongued, so I have to be impeccable with my word. I have to pause. I have to know when not to speak, but I try to use my words to heal and not to harm. It doesn't mean that I can't enjoy movies like The Women. <laughs> Like, that's like my worst fear. Does this mean I can never watch the women again? But I want to be impeccable. If I'm going to say something to my kid, I'm going to make sure that there's that it's not uh, going to traumatize him, that I'm going to take a beat before I lash out. Uh, same with my husband. I have to be really careful to use my words to, to try and heal and not to harm. But if I have something to say, damn it, I'm going to say it, and I'm going to say it impeccably so that everyone understands. So using your word impeccably is the first agreement. The second agreement, these are in no particular order. The second agreement is never assume anything. Make no assumptions. Oh God, this one's so hard too. I I feel like they're all hard, but make no assumptions. I... uh, we all make assumptions. We make assumptions about how people look, how people are going to talk, how people act. Uh, and assumptions are often wrong and can get in our way of really, I think, living living life. Um, making assumptions about how the day is going to go. This day going to fucking suck. Making assumptions about how someone's going to speak. Or what someone's going to say. We we make assumptions by what, what color someone is, what their hair looks like, what their clothes look like. We expect them to talk a certain way. We expect them to live in a certain area of town based on how they look. Uh, we expect them to know what we're talking about as if, as if we've uh, said it a million times to them. And uh, it kind of leads me to this question that uh, we get trained at Disney to answer the question, what time is the three o'clock parade? And, well, okay, so what time is the 3 o'clock parade is a really stupid question. But is it really? Making the assumption that somebody knows exactly what time a parade is going to pass them uh, and really hearing what they're saying is something that we were trained on to be able to dissect. So we really have to unpack it. Well, where are you standing for the parade? Because it's 3 o'clock now, and clearly the parade's not here, but you're right in the middle of Main Street. So I think you're going to see the parade in about... 15 to 20 minutes, so you're in a really good spot. If you were to start it uh, in Frontierland, the parade would be right at 3 o'clock. So assuming that people know the answer to that question because you've heard it a million times, and obviously it starts at 3, because it's called the 3 o'clock parade, doesn't mean that um, you can assume that somebody really knows what that means. So making assumptions uh, is, I've been wrong so many times, and Unfortunately, it's usually about either a gender stereotype or a racial stereotype where I make an assumption and then I am embarrassed by whatever prejudice I might have had that to make me think that somebody was going to do a certain thing or like a certain kind of music or live in a certain part of town. It's embarrassing, uh, but I make assumptions upon how people look all the time. Uh, I don't know if you do, but I'm here to admit I do sometimes. Uh, So not making assumptions, not assuming, uh, again, that people know what your inner monologue is. A very wise person once told Eric and I that you've got to share the script Like if I think I'm going to wake up tomorrow on my birthday and I have a script of how I think the day is going to go, uh, I'm going to wake up and birds are going to land on my shoulders and sing sweet songs into my ears until Eric comes in with Jackson with a breakfast. And I'm going to have breakfast on a tray and then Starbucks will be waiting for me. And then I'm going to open tons of presents. Like let's say I have a script in my head of how my birthday is going to go and I don't share the script. Uh, I make an assumption that, that Eric knows, hey, I want birds. (laughs) I want birds on my shoulders at 7.15 you have to share the this, this script with your, with your partner or with your friends because then expectations get dashed. So I really like that. Like, let somebody know, here's what I'm expecting. Here's what I'm thinking is going to happen. I'm going to let you in on it so I don't get pissed off at you. Uh, I'm assuming, I've assumed many, many times that people know exactly what I'm thinking, and uh, that's really bad too. So um, not making assumptions is the second uh, agreement. So the first one was use your words impeccably. The second is don't make assumptions. And this is, by the way, ancient Toltec wisdom. So while I'm actually talking, I'm, mu- I'm a multitasker. While I'm talking to you, I'm actually, in, in my left hand, I have my phone, and I'm Googling the shit out of the four agreements because I don't have the book here. Uh, but just to reiterate, be impeccable with your word. Don't make assumptions. And then the third is don't take anything personally. So this this one is really, really fun fucking hard um RuPaul says what other people think about you is none of your business so other people look at us through their lens we we don't know what they're they call it a movie in the book like they're in their own movie and how you appear in their movie is by their design it's it may not be exactly how you think you appear or you want to appear but what other people think of us we have no control over that it is it's really none of our business and if as long as we're coming from a good place and we're not like well, it, the book even says, like, even if somebody really doesn't like you because you're you, I just don't like you. I hate you. It still has nothing to do with us. There's, there's no way to change their lens because we see through our own lens, our own experiences. You know, my experiences growing up as a white male in a sort of sheltered environment, going to Catholic school, going to college, working at Disney, um, creates a lens for me. And as, as diverse as I've made my life, I still see things through sort of a different lens and I have to really be open to, uh, looking through other people's lenses. So not taking things personally, but oh, child, I take things so personally, I get really mad when I find out people have gone out to dinner and didn't invite us or if, um, Somebody has been talking about you behind your back at work, uh, about your work ethic or anything about you. Like, I take it super, super personally. But I have to remember that every per- everybody is seeing the world in their own unique way. And it's really speaking more about how they see themselves as uh, to how they feel about us. Um, everybody's unique, and they have subjective realities, and we have to sort of address that and realize that they are in their own movie, and I'm in my own movie, and however they have created me, the way I see myself isn't the way other people see me. I could describe how I think other people see me, and it might be completely different. And unfortunately, I probably see myself in a far more negative light than other people see me. You find out, hey, they think you're really great, and you're like, me? I see myself completely different than other people do. So uh, not taking things personally, letting shit roll off your back, whatever. Another drag race, I'm really into RuPaul's Drag Race um, today. Jinx Monsoon would always sort of say a little mantra, water off a duck's back, water off a duck's back. And a lot of this has to be water off a duck's back. Hey man, this is. <laughs> hey man, this is way more about you than it is about me. And uh, again, you wanna you wanna have some integrity and be a good person. But there are people who aren't going to like you because you don't fit into their narrative, and and they see you through their own lens. And it's probably stuff they don't like about themselves. So, uh, not taking things personally is the third agreement. And then the last agreement is always do your best. Oh my God, this is where, this is the part of babe where I confess something to you. I'm a lazy person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm la- I really feel like I'm lazy. I don't know. I used to really be a doer, but I, f- I feel like if given a chance, I would sit, sit, I would sit nice. Like my mother says, I'd sit nice and I'd watch my movies and I'd drink my coffee and I would do my podcasts and I'd fiddle around and like, I don't have the hustle. I don't have the hustle. I don't have the drive. Uh, My husband has an incredible work ethic. He he gets there early. He stays late. He works super hard. He is not lazy. Um, I am, I have to really work hard at working hard. Uh, when I'm passionate about something, hours could go by and I wouldn't even have noticed. I, I don't consider that work at all. But uh, as far as having like a ton of get up and go, I really feel like I, was, I wasn't born with that. I, I think it's genetic. I'm going to blame genetics. Uh, so doing my best, I have to remind myself, is this the best you can do? There's a saying that I learned from Gretchen Rubin, who wrote The Happiness Project, uh, do what ought to be done do what ought to be done. So a lot of times, I don't want to go somewhere. I just don't. I don't want to go. I'm lazy and I want to stay here. Uh, I don't want to call someone. I don't want to do something. But I think of that saying, do what ought to be done. What what needs to be done in this situation? And then fucking do it. Um, also, trying your best, uh, the book points out, is very different at different times of your life. Uh, I think I had mentioned a couple podcasts back that I went through in my life to, uh, really serious depressive episodes where, uh, I didn't get out of bed. I didn't shower. I didn't move. Um, I, I really, my, my legs actually, the muscles in my legs started to atrophy because I was so immobile. Like I, I had trouble walking. I remember that, um, and I have nice legs. <laughs> I, I They're like my best. At, other than my hair, I think my legs are pretty good. But they weren't during this time because I was really sedentary. So doing my best when I'm in the middle of a many months of, of staying in bed, not eating, doing my best could be taking a shower or remembering to take my pills. I remember um, when I was in the psychiatric hospital, they talked about like, what would life be like? on the outside for you now. And I remember the first thing was I would that I would like take a shower and leave my bedroom. That would be like the best I could do. I would get back into bed. But that was the best I could do. I didn't want any visitors. I didn't want to talk to people on the phone. It was it was all exhausting for me. And When I'm at my best, my best could be, oh my God, uh, excellent writing, being a great dad, going the extra mile for somebody, getting in a car and and traveling far to help somebody out, having a really great jazz gig where I kill it. I really blow, man. They say, the horn players say that. Did you know that? That, you know, are you gonna blow? (laughs) They say it to each other. Uh, Yeah, so I can blow. And, uh, you know, I know what what my best is when when I'm at my best Uh, and always trying to do your best is hard. And we fuck this up all the time. Right. So we're not always at our best. But you have to take into consideration what's happening. Like right now, I'm pretty limited. I can't drive. I can't lift Jackson. I can't crank my head around. I'm not allowed no cranking or craning. Uh, soon I'll be able to, but I'm doing my best as a dad to to look like I'm an active participant in this kid's life. Like I'm not there's like fun daddy and sedentary daddy. Um, my cousin has friends in the South uh, who have adopted a kid, two guys who adopted a kid. and uh, they have big Daddy and then uh, the husband is another daddy, <laughs> which I think is so funny. So right now I'm another daddy. Uh, another daddy, just you know, he's the one that sits in that chair and reads his book. So uh, yeah, so that's the fourth agreement: always do your best, be impeccable with your word, don't make assumptions, uh, don't take things personally, and always do your best. So I'm I'm trying. This is the this is where I have chosen to spend my time in these four agreements, and they've really helped me a lot. They have. They have sort of set me free in a way. And uh, so I wrote them on my... That's what's written. I realize I got to loop it back to my aqua Aquanotes. Uh, that's what's currently written. And I see it every morning. And it says, try your best. Don't personalize. You know, every day trying to trying to practice these. Um, because, you know, why do people read self-help books anyway? They read self-help books because they feel like a part of them is fucked up that they want to fix and I really think I'm past that. I'm going to be 47. I'm not going to change much, I don't think, anymore. Like, I feel like I'm, my personality is pretty set. I am who I am. So uh, I don't feel like I'm going to read a self-help book and suddenly transform into someone else. And I like myself. I really do. Um, of course, you know, anxiety is always just a breath away. And a long depression always seems to be sort of waiting in the wings at all times. But that's just how... I was built so, but I keep that at bay, and I'm I'm practicing these four agreements. So I read this little book. It is a short book. So if you if you decide to get the book, uh, it, you'll read it in a night. But I don't like the way I don't like the way it's told, like this white magic, black magic shit. This Toltec wisdom, sort of removed that from the narrative, <laughs> the most important part, and uh, I'm just telling you what the four agreements are. It's funny because I was thinking about doing this episode yesterday, and as I was thinking about it. At the door came a package, uh, and it's the book The Artist's Way. And I'm going to start doing The Artist's Way with uh, Miss Nikki Stewart, who I interviewed uh, a couple weeks ago. And I'm going to be talking about The Artist's Way too, because I'm I'm I find myself sort of searching for my passion, and at you know at this age, right? Uh, but. It's never too late. And I hear the artist's way is a really good way to do it. So clearly, you know, I'm saying I'm sticking with the four agreements. No more self-help books, everybody. And then ding dong. Oh, here's another self-help book. (laughs) The artist's way has arrived. But uh, I think there's some journaling involved. I I promised Nikki I would read the first uh, chapter today. So I'm going to read that and I'm going to tell you about it. So (sighs) whatever you do. I think that it's important just to be, I think it's important to be the best person you can be where you're at. So if you're going through something, if you're going through a depression, you're going through a divorce, you have are having a rough time with your kid, uh, it changes who you are. So your best is going to change at all times. And uh, go easy on yourself. I've said that to lots of friends, and I say it to myself now, too. Um, gone is the self self hatred of 1984 in the mirror, uh, but I try to be to use my words to heal and not to harm, uh, and I have to start with myself because as RuPaul says, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you gonna love somebody else? So can I get an amen? Amen. All right. That was it. That's my birthday edition. Uh, I'm pretty loud for being in secret, but my kid has not stormed the castle. And uh, now I can edit this and get it out there. And I got to go fast. So can I get an amen? Amen. All right. Talk to you later. Love you. bye. Bye.